Hi, it's Lori. In today's episode, I bring you two of my favorite topics, hiking and history. We're going to have a listen to my conversation with Judy Bentley. She's the co-author of a book called Hiking Washington's History. And this is a book where she went out and hiked. um, Actually, I think it's all but one or two trails in the book herself. She has a co-author, Craig Romano, who is a well-known guidebook author. And they both go into the history of the trail and the people um, who settled or, you know, lived around that area. And then also the hike itself. It's a really interesting book. It's something that I don't see a lot of um, in hiking books where it delves into a lot about the history of the area. So I really recommend if you have a chance to look it up. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can get your own copy. Also, I got to give a shout out to my newest patron this week, Paul. Thank you for supporting the show. And if you want to know more about ways to support hike, you can check the show notes and there's links to all of that. So let's get into my conversation with Judy. So I'm here with Judy Bentley this morning. Hi, Judy. Hi, Lori. Where are you uh, calling in from today? I think you're you're out west. <laughs> I'm in Seattle, uh, specifically West Seattle, in view of Puget Sound and the Olympic Mountains. So. Oh, that sounds really, really beautiful. <laughs> it, it is. It's a beautiful state. So a little bit about you. You, you are or you were a professor. Are you still teaching? I am retired. Um, but I taught for uh, 25 years or so at the South Seattle Community College. And it also, when I was looking at your bio, it says you're also an avid hiker and uh, I think it said cyclist as well. Yes, my husband does a lot of cycling, so I cycle to have time with him too. But hiking is my first love. And he got me into hiking, but... Uh, his knees are a little weaker than mine now. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so that's we're going to talk about hiking today, and specifically uh, hiking in Washington. And um, so you said hiking is is uh, your love. So tell me a little bit about your background. Um, have you always lived in Washington, and how did you come about like enjoying hiking? I enjoy telling that story. Uh, I grew up in Indiana. Um, Mostly, it's also small towns, Ohio and Illinois. I really enjoyed going to state parks in Indiana and getting out on trails there, but that was fairly rare. Um, I didn't really hike until 1970. My husband and I were married, and as part of our uh, summer kind of extended honeymoon trip, we drove across the country. We were living in New York City at the time. I went to college in Ohio and then uh, lived in New York for uh, 10, 12 years working in publishing. And we took a trip across the country and part of that was to be a backpack, a five day backpack in Glacier National Park. And I had never backpacked before. Um, The first day that we backpacked, we didn't get started until 11 and we did about I don't know. <laughs> I, the miles grow in my memory, but I think, you know, it was more than 10 miles and we got in at nine o'clock and I was exhausted. And 
we didn't have a tent. We just had sleeping bags, but, but it was a wonderful trip in, and I was afraid of the grizzly bears, but it was a wonderful trip. And that's what got us into backpacking and, and hiking. And, and we got all the way to the West coast on that trip. And that was my first introduction to Seattle and to uh, the mountains out here too. So that's how I got into it. Quite a difference from, um, you know, Indiana and the Midwest, although there are some like some hills and rolling hills and different things in Indiana that, you know, I've only just come, I guess, across and kind of understanding more that there are some some uh, really wonderful trails out here in, in the Midwest area. So um, but definitely not mountains and uh, definitely nothing quite like Glacier National <laughs> Park. Um, but it's interesting. You talk about your first foray, usually with backpacking, you know, you try to bring someone in gently, you know, just, and, and New York city, you know, you think about that. That's like, um, there's a lot of urban, you know, hiking. Yeah. Walking. Yeah. So you're definitely getting your walking in, but, um, and you know, there's central park, I'm sure, you know, to kind of get a little bit of green space there, but but yeah, so quite quite a different uh, right. you know, journey. Well, we did we hiked the Appalachian parts of the Appalachian Trail after we were we lived there for in New York for the next ten years. So we got out of <laughs> got out of the uh, uh, city to hike in, on the Appalachian Trail parts of it at times. So once we got started with backpacking, then we kept at it. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely. Um... I guess you would say that's how it goes, right? Like once you're kind of in it, you're in it and you'll find your way to a trail. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Well, we're going to talk about the book that I came across and uh, um, just as a hiker who loves, um, you know, loves the Pacific Northwest, but also just trying to get as much information and different information about trails. And I found this book uh, from you about hiking Washington's history. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, it's kind of those two things that I, I find very interesting, like the history of the land and understanding, you know, how it became settled. And so what kind of brought those two interests for you together, kind of looking at hiking and then a historical approach to the trail? Well, a couple of things. Uh, I was I did teach Pacific Northwest history um, at the college, and so I had that awareness. But I very much wanted, when I was hiking, to know you know how that trail came to be and who had been there before. And the, the first experience I had of that was um, we lived in a suburb we, uh, of Seattle, um, Bellevue, and. I could walk out the door in my hiking boots and go down a a social trail that people had just, uh, it was on a deer trail, really. There were still deer in the neighborhood then. And follow that trail down to a creek where I became, it became, I had to bushwhack through some wetlands. But (laughs) once I got to the trail and followed the creek, uh, I was on a, a clear path. And it turns out that that's, uh, that was the coal mining history of uh, Seattle area in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It was the Pittsburgh of the, of the West. And uh, there was a, a flourishing uh, coal mining 
area, um, more than a thousand people living in, in the towns there and working in the mines. And this is all today, it's, it's really invisible. It's in a ravine, um, there's suburban housing on the top and the parkway on the other side, but you don't hear that, you don't see that. But you do find chunks of coal and something um, on a tree that said um, locomotive term table, <laughs> a sign on a tree. And sure enough, there's a piece of concrete you know, where the locomotive, the train had turned around so, to carry the coal back to, uh, to the port in Seattle. So that intrigued me that this history was right there in my neighborhood. Uh, and it was being interpreted well by the local historical society who give talks. Um, so it was not unknown, but it certainly would not hit you that you were sitting on top, you know, living on top or living around what had been a coal mining area. So that got me into looking into the history of trails whenever I hiked. So just started doing that. So it became something, you know, as you're going out to different areas, different parts, um, whether it's close to where you lived or a little further away, you were uh, looking at some of the historical pieces to it. Sure. Yeah. A purpose for the hike of more than just solitude and exercise and, and being in beautiful views, really, to kind of find out who'd been here before. You know, everyone living in the Pacific Northwest who's not Native American is, is an immigrant here. So we all came uh, some way and we came looking for something. So that's that's the story that becomes interesting, as well as the original story, which is still there. <laughs> You know, and just your referencing about, you know, the the mining aspect and it being, um, you know, close to where you are, but you, you know, wouldn't have known it unless you had, you know, seen those artifacts or maybe known from the historical society. I find it's not easy. I mean, there's information out there. If it's a well-known trail or there's something, you know, um, that's specific, um, like I'm thinking, you know, the Lewis and Clark Trail and you know, the auto trail and things that come to mind where it's signed and you, and you know that there's something historical happening or, you know, it happened there. It seems like there's maybe different places you would need to go to kind of consolidate all of that information from a, you know, even just from a, an hiking book, like you mentioned the historical society, what other resources did you have to tap into to, kind of figure out the legacy of the land? Well, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I'll tell you about the story of one trail. I was, I don't know what piqued my interest, but I was reading an, uh, an article on archeology span in the Seattle Public Library in the downtown library branch, um, a journal, and it talked about a trail down um, in Southern Washington uh, in the Gifford Pinchot um, National Forest, and it, uh, so there was an article about uh, this trail, and so I began looking into it more, and basically talking to the anthropologist for the Forest Service, um, Rick McClure, who had been studying this trail for years, um, and he had maps, so you look at original survey maps, so someone, often a, a surveyor uh, who was um, making a map will put something in and he'll, he'll label it Indian Trail. And so <laughs> it's right there, there on the map or Indian Corral. Um, 
So these intriguing, so you look at old maps for sure, and then you begin looking at diaries and journals and accounts of, um, in the case of this trail, the, uh, the two trails there really, the Klickitat Trail and the Yakima Palettes Trail. Um, you're looking for early forest uh, rangers and uh, USGS uh, people who have mapped the area um, and they've written reports about whether how the trail is used. So, um, but local historians often know the most. So you, you have to talk to people and it's a very nice, writing a book like this is a very nice combination of being outside on, on the field and then also on a rainy day doing some research in the library. So it's a good combination. And referencing the book, this is a second edition. Um, when did you first publish uh, the book or when when was the the first edition of Hiking Washington's History put out? It was published in 2010 but I'd been working on it for years. Um, I was teaching, so I was really just hiking in the summer uh, and working on the book in the summer. So it took, I was working on it for probably 15 years before that, <laughs> but uh, the first edition is 2010. And, you know, maybe to go over this, it, it's entire state, right? Like there is, right. it, so it's not just, uh, and I have to look back to count how many, uh, trails you're covering, but it, it's a, 44. <laughs> it's it's a lot. I mean, it it, yes. I mean, it seems like it's more just because I think there's so much background information that you're presenting. You know, the story, the history, uh, the trail, and then also like alternatives. Right? You have the hike described, but you know, you say, well, if you're in this area, there's a couple others that you might want to to do. And what I also liked about the book is that it's like a wide variety of hiking. So it's, you know, for people that maybe just want to do a couple miles, you know, they're just looking for a taste of something or want something a little more um, family friendly, for example, or for like someone who's more serious about backpacking and can make it into a, a longer adventure. Did you find that, I guess, was that hard to do to kind of consolidate and kind of do a, a, a wide brush, I guess you would call it, for hiking? I, I like the combination myself because, um, you know, you can't, unless you're a full-time guide writer, you, you can't backpack all the time with the long trails. And I am really interested in the trails that are close to people's um to where they live too so that they they begin to discover you know what's what's under what's underfoot what's been here before um uh underneath even a parking lot or something so I, so i did uh include trails that were close to the cities too um but uh, washington state is uh has a huge variety of landscapes so once you and two mountain chains and, and the ocean. But then when you get east of the Cascades, you're into high plateau country, um, fairly dry, wide open spaces, uh, and more mountains than in the eastern part of the state too. But it's such a variety of terrains that you've got a wide variety of hikes too, uh, which adds adds to the, to the sense of, uh, of variety. <laughs> I yeah. Guess. 
Yeah, because I think, um, you know, from someone who's not local to the area like me, uh, there are just certain places that, you know, either have visited or you just know about because it's well known, like the Wonderland Trail, you know, Mount mm -hmm. Rainier or um, Mount St. Helens, right. you know, and, and uh, I think you had uh, the Truman, was it the Truman? Truman Trail. Truman Trail mm -hmm. in there. But then among that, you know, you have 42 others and a lot that I had just no idea, you know, that there was a trail mm -hmm. there that existed. When you were going out, were there, um, is there any that come to mind that uh, you felt were just way overlooked, you know, that people, <laughs> you know, people don't give it enough credit. Is there, is there a trail that you kind of feel it's like, it's, it's, it's that well, hidden gem. <laughs> <laughs> Many. Um, I've mentioned that the second edition I did with a co-author, Craig Romano, um, who's a prolific guidebook author here. Um, and he, we wanted to have more trail narrative in it. And of course he would choose heights for their scenic beauty. And I'd be looking at their historic values. So sometimes, you know, when you say it's a terrific hike to me, it's oh, the, the history is terrific. This is a 7,000 year old trail. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, but you know, Mount Rainier might not be quite as visible from this trail as another one or something. Um, but um there are many overlooked, partly for access. I mean, we have three national parks in uh, Washington. So the Wonderland Trail at Mount Rainier is, is heavily used. Um, the Olympics and North Cascades, not so much. So hikes in those areas um, are not going to be as crowded, but they're also more difficult to access. Um, and there's a beautiful trail uh, country in southeastern Washington in the... Uh, uh, Wallawa Mountains and the Blue Mountains that over, uh, they cross the border there with Oregon. Um, but it takes you, you know, driving 25 miles on a Forest Service road to get there. And I hiked on this trail, the Chief Joseph Summer Trail, we call it, um, it's been called. And I've, I've hiked it three times. And I, I think only once out of those three times have I ever seen anybody else on this trail. And it is, but it's beautiful. Uh, it's uh, you're up in the high country, and you see there are elk, there are fox, and um, people on horseback. Probably <laughs> those are the only people I saw. That was wise because the distances are long. But there, there are many gems like that. Um, if you if you're willing to kind of go more than a, an hour out of Seattle, for example, <laughs> to get to a hike. And yeah, when you were mentioning. Uh, kind of that eastern, eastern Washington. I have been through there, and it is quite a different landscape um, than uh, the western uh, Washington. So, so what did you know for someone who is just kind of looking to explore the different regions, and um, maybe they're going to, you know, do it over the course of a few days and. Um, whether they're, you know, home-based in Seattle or, you know, Spokane or, or anywhere in between. What are maybe some, I guess, recommendations, maybe this trail or, or another trail there? In each section? Yeah. One of the first 
hikes we did out here, which was quite short. Um, well, it's hard for me just to pick one, but um, in the very, if you start on the very northwestern corner of the state, um, there's a place called Cape Flattery. It's a very short trail, but you have to drive. Uh, it's at least a day's drive to get out there from Puget Sound area. Um, very short hike, but you are on the northwesternmost tip of the continental United States, um, including Alaska and Hawaii. And um, the ocean, the Pacific Ocean just roars in there. Uh, and you're up on a cliff and there's not a lot between you and the water. And it's just a, it's a very dramatic hike, very short, but, but dramatic. So I like that one. And in that section, um, if you wanna stay longer on the coast of uh, the Lake Ozette Trail that goes out to the coast, there's a triangle trail that you walk out two different directions to the Pacific coast and then along the beach and then back. Um, so that's a, that's a great taste of the ocean. Um, For that one, do you have to mind like the tides at all? Um, that one, um, not, there are two places where uh, there are warning signs for a high tide. Um, you do have to check the tide tables at the ranger station before you go. You can go out to the beach and back without walking along it too. So you can avoid the parts where there would be high tide. Um, but you can also, there are routes around the beach when the tide is high. You just have to be aware of that. Okay. Yeah, good to know. So that's that's one set. I, it's hard to pass up some of the others, but um, Puget Sound, one that I find, um, well, <laughs> it's hard to choose, but I'll choose Sequalachoo Creek, which is uh, a new one in the second edition. The second edition has 12 new hikes. And this one is, I hadn't known about it, is relatively new. So there's a three mile round trip hike uh, called Sequalachoo Creek. It's out of the town of DuPont, uh, which is a, a planned community um, south of Tacoma, south of Seattle. And the hike goes to Puget Sound to an area called Nisqually Reach. And it is an area where uh, it was a, a very vibrant trading center for um, the Sequalachoo and Nisqually people. Um, then the Hudson's Bay Company came uh, and established a trading post there. Then Americans came, established briefly in a, uh, a, a Methodist mission. Uh, eventually, uh, a military uh, camp was there, uh, which became Fort Lewis, Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Um, and most dramatically then, uh, the DuPont Gunworks uh, Gunpowder Company settled there, the company uh, that was in um, Wilmington, Delaware, also came out and established a plant, a gunpowder plant, with a dynamite train that took a, they imported um, salt from Chile at the dock there, and then they exported the dynamite, uh, which was used to build Panama Canal and many other uh, things. So, and that eventually closed. Um, there was some controversy over what would happen with the land, but it became the community of DuPont. And then there's this trail along what was the dynamite trail train run, but you have uh, many layers of history in this one trail. So it's very rich for that area. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know I was looking at, I did read this one and, uh, 
And I thought, you know, it was interesting, like just something, you know, you pointed out that, well, the black locust trees were, you know, are still remaining from uh, the seeds spread over from England in the 1850s, the only visible remnant of the original fort, one of his fort, Nisqually. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's like those kinds of things that as, I mean, as a hiker, I'm not going to put two and two together. Um, so it's very interesting to have this kind of detail laid out so you really know kind of when things happened and why it happened and how, how that land, uh, you know, changed uh, with, the, with the people that came and settled there. So if you proceed along, uh, I don't know, inland, you, uh, the Cascade Mountains, you have to do a hike there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now you haven't seen that to me, the uh, heart. Um, and there are a couple of ancient Indian trails, 7,000 years old, that go over some of the passes. There are many passes over the mountains, and there were Native American trails um, used for trade, for hunting, for gathering berries in the summer. So they were, they were well-used trails, some of them. Um, there are also lookouts, uh, lookouts to go to. So in the North Cascades National Park, uh, the cover of the book has the sourdough mountain lookout um, which is the only hike in the book i have not personally done craig did it <laughs> for me this time i did desolation peak those those tend to be desolation was you know, four thousand feet four mile uh eight miles round trip so those those are spectacular hikes um, but they are a little more strenuous well we ha I have three chapters on the Cascades because there's so many good trails there. Um, I might mention the Mount St. Helens, uh, the trail, the Truman Trail there. It's still a spectacular landscape at Mount St. Helens, even though we're more than 20 years. Uh, how many years are we out? 40, 40. years out from yeah. the explosion, right? <laughs> I moved here right after Mount St. Helens erupted, so I should remember that because there were still masks hanging in the people's uh, garages and cars that they had ready for ash. But um, back in the days when we wore masks for a different reason. reason. Yeah. Uh, but that's a spectacular hike, uh, just because of this of the landscape, and you can see the <laughs> you can see the effects of it. And then Central Washington. Um, people didn't go on foot as much in central Washington because of all our eastern Washington because it's it's vast landscape and dry and water sources were kind of scarce. But one place they traveled was up the Grand Coulee. And the Grand Coulee was like a big trench in the landscape that had been carved out by the Columbia River uh, before, and then the Columbia River was shifted course because of uh, floods. And so you had this big, miles-long, empty uh, trench, and uh, a couple of venturesome people went up that, that. And it's now filled with water from the Grand Coulee Dam, the reservoir of the Grand Coulee Dam. But there's a, a big rock in the middle. And when I say rock, I mean a mountain rock um, called Steamboat Rock. Uh, and that's kind of a spectacular hike, too. So <laughs> it's a, a little hard to get up, um, just, but once you're up on top, um, you can kind of wander for uh, a long way. And this was a big crossroads. Everybody, a lot of the travelers in the early days would mention Steamboat Rock. It was such a visible uh, feature of the landscape. That's interesting to bring that up because of a lot of land, um, I think especially maybe through the West, I mean, 
probably not just the West, but the dams that were put in, who which did cover up a lot of, you know, early settlements. And so you do lose that, the visible history, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, under the water, you know, you hear things about, well, this is where some of the old, you know, villages and towns were. So, yeah. so yeah, that's interesting to bring up some of those uh, hikes as well and learning more about, you know, how it used to be and uh, before. That point you just mentioned um, leads me to, to Kettle Falls, which is a very short hike. Um, it's, the trail is an old portage road, but Kettle Falls was the second largest fishing uh, fishery of for Native Americans, um, second to Salilo Falls. And this, the, many people gathered there and thousands of salmon were caught there. And then it was buried under uh, Lake Roosevelt by the Grand Coulee Dam. So there's a short portage road. That, uh, there's a fort, the British fort, that's under underwater there. The foundations are. So the portage, a section of the portage road uh, around Kettle Falls, you can hike and just get a sense of the of the historic nature of that place. When you're there, you, you just you feel like you know people. You can understand why people gathered there. Um, it's a very. It just feels like a gathering place. Wow. So that was uh, the Grand. That was Coulee? Kettle Falls. And Kettle Falls. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I'll bring you. Uh, <laughs> once you ask me about trails, I'll <laughs> keep going. But if you. Okay. So you've been to Eastern Washington. Maybe you go to Chief Joseph's Summer Trail if you uh, really are ambitious uh, to get that far into the corner of Washington there. But then you come back along the Columbia River. This is what you would have called the Lewis and Clark Trail. And the Lewis and Clark Trail is really a highway. <laughs> I mean, and they were on the water. So you're not hiking any footpath much. Um, some of their campsites are still accessible, but you're not really hiking their trail. But if you come down the Columbia River, same direction they were coming. Um, a wonderful place I like to hike is Columbia Hills State Park uh, on the Columbia. and this has a, a rich ranching and settler history, and uh, it's just the stories of the early uh, settlers there and how they had a, a hard time making uh, making a go of it is, is quite dramatic. But the scenery is, is wonderful, too, because, again, it's open uh, spaces, but this time you've got trails to follow. As long as you're not there in winter and summer, <laughs> you go in the off-season, you're, you're okay. And then you got to, you have to come out all the way then to Cape Disappointment. So if you began at Cape Flattery on the top of the state in the northwest part, um, and then you come, you end up at Cape Disappointment, which is the mouth of the Columbia River where it flows into the ocean, Pacific Ocean again. And the river is really wide at this point. Um, you can hardly tell the difference between the river and the ocean. And again, it's quite dramatic um, to be there. The state park, the visitor center, and it's uh, there's actually a trail. You walk up the beach that um, Meriwether Lewis uh, walked up. Um, not on the same, not the same footsteps. The tides do change things, but but still, it's the same route, and uh, you get the sense of their discovery of the ocean as you approach it too. So it's uh, or their encounter with the ocean, not that. 
everybody knew it was there, but <laughs> their first view of the ocean was quite um, inspiring for them too. Yeah, I would think especially after that long trek all the way across the country. <laughs> um, I think you've given me a great uh, tour, of a virtual or audio <laughs> audio tour of of some of the places that I or any of the listeners could you know research and and look up. Was there anything as you were doing your research and hiking that that surprised you? Um, as you were looking at all of these different places? I was surprised by the age of some of the trails and that um, the one I talk about the most is the Yakima Callets Trail where uh, the Callets people came over the Cascade Mountains from the west and the Yakima people came from the east every summer to meet at the top. And that trail <coughs> is... Um, has you know has been documented as to be about seven thousand years old. So, to to have that sense was it surprised me that something is still there um, that is so old. And I think one of the reasons it's still there is the relative newness of history, the recorded history in the Northwest, um, plus the huge number of national forests and national parks which have allowed us to preserve some of those trails. I had mentioned the the mining underfoot in the suburbs, um, but there are also ghost mining towns in the mountains that are quite <laughs> quite a surprise to come to. Um, I, you know they're there, you know you're getting there, but uh, the sense uh, to discover that so many people could live so far into the mountains, miners, uh, and and survive for a while was surprising. Um, I was surprised to find Japanese workers on the uh, Great Northern Railroad. I always heard about Chinese working on the railroads. I didn't realize um, a large number of Japanese um, workers were used on that Great Northern route, which goes along the northern part of, of Washington. And I found some women on the trails too, which I had to look for, <laughs> but I did find Faithful are the first uh, uh, woman to climb Mount Rainier. And then Mary uh, Roberts Reinhardt, who did a horseback trip through Cascade Pass and wrote about it. She was a prolific writer, um, very well known. And she wrote a um, wonderful account of that trip through Cascade Pass. So those those were, there's there's a lot of history there that, that is not um, so well-known. And you've written other books. I know that you've written one, I think, about more on the city side or? Yes, that's uh, walking. walking, Walking Washington's History, 10 Cities. 10 Cities, yes. Yeah, so that takes uh, 10 cities uh, in Washington, pretty much the largest cities, and looks at just one period of their history when that city was most predominant, like Walla Walla was <laughs> the largest uh, city in uh, town, city in Washington in the 1860s. It was uh, flourishing. So I, I do a history walking tour that highlights a particular period of that city's history, not all of its history, just focus on it. So if you walk all 10 cities, you'll get a pretty good history in the state. Sounds very interesting. I think, uh, and for many people who may be just visiting a city 
that's another aspect where they can get out and learn more about you know history but also uh do some urban hiking as yes. well yes <laughs> yes um is there anything that you're working on now or or thinking about well i'm i am exploring the okay. next project i'll put it that way <laughs> yes. probably, probably uh not not guidebook yes not, not this at this point yeah okay i know but uh just even from my perspective of uh of being you know on a podcast and and uh, researching and doing things uh, my wheels are also always turning of like the next thing i'm interested in in mm-hmm. learning about or documenting or kind of getting uh, information out there so so yes good luck uh with uh your exploring i'm sure you'll you'll Thank find you. something <laughs> um so the specific book we talked about today in most detail the hiking washington's history it's the second edition by yourself judy bentley and craig romano where um where are some places that uh, people can find it or where do you suggest that they they go out to if you live in the Northwest, you'll find it at independent bookstores. Um, you can get it directly from University of Washington Press, go online, um, and it's available uh, on uh, online uh, indie books and um, Amazon and uh, other online sources okay. too. Or if yeah, if you're in the Northwest, you might even go into an REI store, an outdoor store. And they will have it too. Okay. I will put put links to those places in the show notes um, and to learn more about you and also uh, uh, the other book that you brought up, because I think that's very interesting as well. The, uh, the city walks and city history. I really appreciate your time this morning and uh, chatting with me and um, telling me more about uh, the state of Washington and the different hikes. Uh, I feel it's a, it's definitely a place that I would love to explore more. And now I have, you know, over 40 hikes uh, that are calling out to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you come out this way, get in touch. I'd I like to see you. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you again for your time today. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Judy, for helping me understand more about the trails in Washington State and all of the history that we can learn from getting out there. I will put links in the show notes here for all of uh, the trails that she referenced and that we highlighted, as well as how you can order the book. And again, if you have a suggestion or want to connect with me, you can reach me at The Hike Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or you can email me hikepodcast at gmail.com. If there's a trail that you would like to see me cover here on the podcast, drop me a line. I'd be happy to get it onto the show for you. So until next time, see you on the trail. <laughs>